Hey everybody, Keith Billis, the Business Athlete Podcast. Joining me is still socially distanced, my co-host, personal trainer AJ Zeglin, and introducing our guest from the left coast, Vancouver, Canada, triathlete, ultramarathoner, and chief revenue officer, Nicole Van Zanten. Today on the show, business is an endurance sport. It's time to treat it that way. Join me, AJ, and Nicole to set it up next on the Business Athlete Podcast. <laughs> so I got to tell you, AJ, some of the most fun I'm having right now is watching you laugh. Because I got to tell you, one of, the, one, of the most, one, of the, one of the most fun things right now is putting together music for this thing. Not only the Spotify you know, playlist of music, but the music for this playlist. I love it. For this podcast. Because as we know, music, that old cliche, music is the soundtrack to life. Yeah. Whistling away down the hallway into the gym in Winnipeg, Canada. But I believe as a business athlete, music means even more to us, right? Right. It gets us through the tough times, right, Nicole? Sure does. Absolutely does. <laughs> the fun times, most importantly, the times of endurance, the times of resilience, the times of victory and defeat. Music is the fuel through the pain, through the moments that drive us forward and the moments that get us through that backward time in life, right? Yeah. It gets us up a mountain and it gets us through a Monday morning. Music. Part of the moment and part of our moment right now. Mr. Zeglin, welcome. Hey, Keith. Thanks for having me again. Hey, you're always <laughs> welcome here, my friend. Nicole, 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 Nicole Van Zanten, all the way from Vancouver, Canada. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, AJ, I got to get this out of the way right off the bat. I've known Nicole a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm excited to have her on the show today. I'm super excited. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Endurance athlete. Yeah. We're going to talk about mixing it up with endurance and athletics and so forth coming up on the show. I find endurance sports and the triathlon in particular super interesting. So I have like a million questions about it and I'm really excited to get to talk to someone that's done them at a high level. Like I'm, I'm really pumped about it. I think we're going to get there. We're going yeah. to get there. Yeah. Before we go there though, let's just kind of stick with music for a little bit. Some, some Nicole music, you know, what gets you through your moments. What kind of music you into? Let's, uh, let's, let's tell our audience a little about your music playlist. What gets you up that mountain? What gets you through your races? <laughs> well, I am uh, pretty much all rap all the time. <laughs> but There you go. Funny, funny tidbit about Iron Man is you cannot listen to music while you're racing. So it's just you and your own thoughts. What? Oh, my God. Your own head for all those hours? Like no tunes in your head? Like you are not allowed to have any audio. No. That whole thing just became 10 times as hard. <laughs> yeah, my whole intro became 10 times irrelevant, too. <laughs> because music doesn't mean nothing to Nicole as you're doing her. So, t- t- Nicole, why is that? You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Why is that? Uh, safety. Oh, safety okay. Of course. Yep. Yeah, of course. Yep. That would make a lot yep. of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, I'll wrap all the time. Uh, AJ, we haven't talked a lot about your music choices in life since we started this podcast. No, they're they're all over the place. We know Guns N' Roses. Yeah, like at the very, very like core of my heart, 
Yes. I'm a, I'm a rock and roll guy. Yes. But I also, I love rap. I love hip hop, especially like late nineties, early two thousands. One artist. Who's one artist for you? Any, any genre? Any, the whole planet. One artist. Oh man. You just put me on the spot here. I don't even know now. I'm blanking out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while you're thinking about that. Yeah. Hey, Nicole, we're going to introduce something really neat to the show right now, but uh, while he's thinking about that, and while I'm going to ask you for your one artist, for our listeners Mm -hmm. right now, if you go to anchor.fm slash business athletes, you actually can voice message us your artist, and then we can play back your response on the show. So we can actually make like a call and show and an interaction show and so forth, right? So go to anchor.fm slash business athletes find our podcast and uh click on message us and you can tell us uh what kind of music gets you through your day aj your your artist love to hear yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give you one from each of the three genres i listen to the most all right okay uh if i'm going country which i know is not keith's favorite genre (laughs) i'm gonna go with eric church yes if i go to my rap hip-hop i'm gonna go with dr dre of course and, ah. Ah. and if I go with uh, rock, I mean, everyone already knows Guns N' Roses from yeah. the last episode. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Glorious Sons, Canadian band oh, that I really, really dig yeah. a lot. Every song, every album is is amazing. Yeah, the Glorious Sons. You've played that in the facility a few times. Yep. To of death, course. some of them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 of course, of course. Nicole, your artist, your number one. Well, I feel like AJ just stole mine, but I named my dog after Dr. Dre. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so yes, it's yes. got to be, it's got to be Dre. <laughs> it's got to be Dre. Of course, of yeah. course, of course. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say, um, uh, by, by the image behind me at the, on the, in the studio here, my yeah. boy Eminem, Marshall Mathers. Yeah. Mathers, Mathers. Great Eminem. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I, that's kind of taking me through some really tough moments in life right you talk about music right you know you know good moments and bad moments and just life man i there's a lot of music that that guy's been a part of my life in for sure and you know and here's another one too i will say um lincoln park yeah chester bennington sad 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 voice to have lost absolutely right yeah that's uh that's also some music that uh gets you through moments yeah yeah Nicole, what else do you like to listen to? I'm really in a box. Yeah. <laughs> I really, when I'm training, I listen to I listen to one type of music. There you um, go. I grew up I grew up on country, but I haven't really caught up with that uh, with that genre. So I'm sorry. I, I gotta I gotta kind of stick with one uh, one thing there. So uh, let's shift gears a little bit to uh, to why we bring AJ on the show. AJ, I'm sorry. Why we bring Nicole on the show? Right. When we started this thing about merging business and athletics and we had Craig on the show last time and we were talking about adding, you know, just we wanted a bunch of different kind of voices and guests and, and, and so forth. Right. And I said to Nicole, we were talking one day, you know, I was like, Hey, you, you know, I think we should get endurance and athletics and so forth on the show. And Nicole says to me, she says, I don't know if I can follow Craig. Sorry, Nicole. I mean, that's what you said. You said, I don't know if I, and I'm like, well, hold on a second here. And she created an aha moment for me. Right. She was vulnerable. She, she displayed some insecurities to me. And I'm like, wait a minute. I feel the same way often. Right. 
And it happened to me that I'm going to share with you in a second here too. And I, and I was, and I was like, well, hold on a second here. Nicole's no different than Craig. She puts her pants on the same way. Yeah. She's had success, great success in the planet. Yeah. But yet we always, yeah. So I, I was, I've trained at focus fitness with you where a lot of professional athletes train. And yet we all think that they're all better than us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, from like from our gym perspective, that's the number one thing that we get is people coming in being like, oh, I didn't think I was allowed to train here. I only thought it was for professional athletes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but we, but yet we all have this, it's funny how we all just kind of beat ourselves up often with our own insecurities where we don't think we're as good as somebody else. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, well, no, Nicole, you have a great story. Let's talk about your story because you're just, you're no different than, than Greg. And I know. I I went through a real similar experience this year when, uh, you know, working at ICUC. We, uh, so when I started the company, we, we, we are work, we're a work from anywhere business. Right. Right. So we don't go to the office. Yeah. Right. So you can imagine when you start that business many years ago, people think that you maybe don't do something legit. Right. Oh, you don't go to work? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> No. And so I always felt an insecurity that people looked upon you and frowned upon you in a way that you weren't legitimate. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, Nicole and I go to work in March, the pandemic happens and our colleagues around the world are all going home to work. Right. While we have been working virtually forever. Right. And we continue to lead in a very effective way. And I wake up realizing that, Oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. And, and, and I say that in a way that I, I uh, didn't feel like I had to be in the office with the people that were judging me. Right. 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 So yeah. it was like my insecurities were, were on display thinking that I wasn't as good as somebody because I wasn't able to go to the office and lead. I was going to lead from home and where I'm, I'm, I put my pants on just like you do. Yeah, totally. It is a fascinating topic though. You touched upon it the other episode with the people being, you know, attached to maybe physical spaces. I remember like not in an, in a negative way at all, but I remember when I first met you, um, even when, well, when I first met yourself, your whole team, when I met Nicole and everyone, I found it fascinating that you guys had this like global company and everyone worked from home. For me, it was so like outside of how I thought businesses operated in like the standard way that I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Like, you know, they have this like crazy successful business. They got people all over the world and everyone works from home and it's just completely based on results. Like here's your responsibilities. You get your work done and yeah. everyone gets yeah. their work done. I found it um, like just a really different approach that obviously from me, like it was completely outside of the box from what I'd seen other people do in business. Nicole, tell our audience you're chief revenue officer for ICC.social. We've worked together for seven years. So I, we, we, we want to be transparent and authentic on this show. And we don't want to, you know, the goal is not to bore the audience with Keith and Nicole talking inside jokes. No, <laughs> it's really about, you know, thank you, AJ. We, 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 Nicole, we work in a really unique business. Maybe tell our listeners <laughs> a little bit about what you do and what, what ICC is. Yeah. So ICC is a global social media management services company with a number of different services and solutions that fall within it. Um, but I, for the business, lead customer success, uh, sales, and strategy. So from the very first moment that a new prospect 
peers, uh, learns about ICUC to the moment that they uh, sign on the dotted line with us, my team in some way, shape or form touches that process. So uh, it can be a, a lengthy process of sorts, a very strategic process of sorts, but one that's done entirely on results only. Uh, if you don't hit your sales quota, the, uh, the whole company knows. Um, and we do it all remotely from people myself here in Vancouver to Idaho to London uh, to Australia. So a uh, global team covering 24-7-365. And outside of not only doing all that, AJ, she finds time to be a triathlete and an ultra marathoner. Yeah, that doesn't take much time, does it? No. <laughs> Those are probably really quick workouts, right? Like wow. 20, 30 minutes. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Every other day. <laughs> I, I remember one of the first times I met Nicole and we were talking about her training and she's like, yeah, I'm doing this workout. And I'm like, okay, how long is it going to be? She tells me, I don't know, eight hours or 10 hours or for me, then it sounded like forever. Right. And she talked about it like it was just normal. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't wrap my head around the whole idea of how long you train, Nicole. It's funny. You said something to me when we were talking about having Nicole as a guest. So, you know, we're going to get into the mental part of all this soon, but here's a little hook to go there. So, Nicole, AJ says to me, he's like, you know, sometimes when you go to the gym or you go to work or you get up in the morning, you're like, okay, man, I got to go do a 45-minute workout or I got to go do a two-hour appointment or a three-hour appointment. And, you know, you're, you're five minutes into your 45 minute workout and you're like, Oh my God, I, I, this is really struggling, but I still have 40 minutes to go. And you said to me, what did you say to me? You said over a 12 hour workout. What did you say? Yeah. Well, I was just like, like, what does that process look like? Wait, when you're 10 minutes in, you're like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it today. And you got 11 and a half hours, <laughs> hours to, to go, go yeah. Nicole, with no music in your ears. Do, do you train with no music too? And you can't have it during a triathlon? No, I, unless I'm running with my dog, I always train with music. So that's kind of my, um, my cake, I guess. And I, I love being with my own thoughts on race day. So it's Interesting. Just two very different experiences. Yeah. That is fascinating to me. So you, you practice, AJ, think of this like an athlete, right? Cause I, I'm, again, my assumption athletically, looking at you athletically, yes, yeah. my assumption is athletes will practice how they're going to play. I'm yeah. going to do it this way. So I play this way. Right. But Nicole just said, Nicole, if I heard you correctly, when you practice, you practice a certain way. You listen with music mm-hmm. and you get in the head with music. But when you actually perform, you're, 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 you're doing a mental feat where you have no music supporting you along the way. Absolutely. I mean, race day is all about community. And I think that yeah, has been difficult this year is I haven't had those days of community where you're cheering on you know, your fellow competitors, your fellow athletes. Um, you're seeing some competitors, you know, walk instead of run because they're, they're just done. Um, you see competitors who don't even, you know, make it out of the water, out of the swim for various reasons. So there's a lot going on on race day where you just, you don't need, you don't need the music on race day. And it's, uh, it's, it's almost enjoyable to, to just absorb everything that's going on. It's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. I find that extremely interesting. And that's interesting that. I would have never even thought about it from like a community aspect. Yeah. You know, that you're without the music, then you can be present and you're all in it together. You know, that's interesting to me. Present. Yeah. It's a word that many of us struggle with. Nicole's nodding. AJ's nodding. Yeah. 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 Say in your mic there, AJ. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to be present sometimes, isn't it? We're getting getting pulled in so many directions. Yeah. 
Yeah. I got to tell you. So I'm going to segue the show here too. I'm going to tell a funny story about uh, Nicole and myself from last week regarding the next step segment. You don't know this, Mr. Zeglin. All right. So, you know, in our last show, we talked about next steps and we always talk. So, Nicole, again, we, we you know, we, we communicate often and we, we have share a similar, similar philosophy about always having a next step. And she obviously listened to our last show. She might be producer Nicole, who's always increasing the wallet for our, our production budget. But uh, she says, uh, you know, so, I, so, so last, la, last Friday we, we do a group ride on the Peloton. Nicole has a Peloton, and as you know, I do too. So we yeah. do a group ride last Friday, and, and um, she selects the ride. It's a 45-minute Tabata ride. Yeah. And of course, you see my physique. I'm just built for Tabata. Yeah, built for distance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm 100% built for distance. Yeah, exactly. So we go, yeah, we'll do this 45 minutes about it, no problem. Yeah, so we get out in the morning, Nicole and I, and we start doing the ride, and, you know, I'm just doing our thing, and I'm a little bit ahead of Nicole on the, on the charts there, and and uh, 25 minutes into the ride, and I'm feeling like, well, this is actually pretty easy, not too bad. Right. And then these legs start getting a little winded along the way, and I see Miss Van Zanten approaching. Right. Yeah. You know how that ride ended. Yeah, she kicked your butt, I bet. <laughs> she, kicked, <laughs> she kicked my ass. Yeah. So I was, I was, so the moment happens, and this is happening, and I'm like, okay, I'm losing right now. Right. I'm losing right this second. She's passing me, I'm done. And then, you know, we, we, we go into our day of work and go to our first meeting, and I'm like, yeah, how, how was that ride this morning, Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> and I see her grinning. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I think um she's like, Yeah, so I heard that next steps episode and I my goal was to what was it, Nicole? Nicole. My goal was to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and I was like and I AJ, I was done. Yeah. Like I, I was done. I was I was out of gas. I was I was physically unable and I'm and my partner's like, Did you let her win? I'm like, no, I didn't let her win. I'm like <laughs> Oh, I'm just, my legs weren't going anywhere. <laughs> Did I let somebody win? No, no. Yeah. So there you go. There's, so it was, it was a natural to have Nicole and I on today's show. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So mission accomplished on our next steps. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. New segment. The businessman and the athlete. Who do you think is who, Nicole? I'm not going to guess. No, you don't guess. <laughs> A little segment we're going to introduce to the, to the show, the businessman and the athlete, with Mr. Uh, AJ Zeglin and myself. we we'll talk a little bit about, uh, going to give you guys an athletic moment to take out of the show. Something to kind of just chew on, leave with, and take home for the day. Mr. Zeglin. Yes. So... What I do believe is there's lots of different exercises out there, lots of different training protocols, lots of different ways to get stuff done, all this different information that comes at us. So what I think is really important is that we do set a foundation, something to kind of anchor us down that we make all our other decisions from on you know how we're going to train, how we're going to do mm-hmm. stuff and why. So we've kind of established a set for our athletes um, of principles 
that make up our foundational base. So we know no matter what information comes at us, no matter uh, what the situation is, you know, climbing a mountain, playing hockey, anything like that, mm-hmm. that we could work with anyone as long as we have these uh, foundational principles to fall back on. So, you know, it gives us a great starting point no matter what the situation and what we're doing. So for us, it actually really starts with the mental aspect of training. And if we're training like an athlete, um, the first thing that we try to accomplish is to be great at the things that require no talent. Mm -hmm. So it sounds very simple, uh, and it is, but sometimes simple things are hard to do. What would be an example? Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, right? But so uh, if we want to be great at things with no talent, so we show up on time. Ah, Right. Let's just pause on that one for a second. Yeah, it takes no time. It takes no talent. No, absolutely to be on time. Absolutely not difficult for many. Right. Uh, we show up ready to work. Right, willing to learn. So when we show up to the gym, uh, we're on time, mm-hmm. and we walk in the doors. And our mindset is like, okay, I'm here to work. Segwaying from athletics, you know, segwaying from athletics, AJ, over to uh, to business. I would tell you right now that's. If I was offering something to our listeners, um, again, Nicole and I talk about this often at work, which is, uh, you know, running a virtual business, a work from anywhere company, you know, the pandemic has forced us as leaders to lead in a new way. Yeah. I think you'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Nicole? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's encouraged us. It's encouraged us to be comfortable being uncomfortable talking to a glass screen with humans on the other side. Think about that for a moment, right? There's many people right now that have been so used to going into the office, right? Dealing with the human being, like the physical being, right? Getting used to their the aura, you know, the the, the sense of the emotion, that the, the, the you know, being around them, right? Now there's none of that, no emotion, just glass to glass, right? It's 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 also founding us trusting one another more than ever before. Think about that through a pane of glass. New relationships, right? New people you meet, looking at them for the first time and trying to, you know, build that trust and then, and then, and then over time, but just through a pane of glass. How do you do that when you can't touch them? You can't feel them or even read them. Right? I think, I think that's when you get back to focusing on just being the real, you know, being, being a real authentic human yeah. and allowing yourself to try to come through. And Nicole, we talk about it often. It's really, you have to, if I, if I can't convey my real human being to you across that screen, then I'm not, it's not being real to you. Is, isn't, is that not the level playing field? Nicole and AJ? <laughs> oh, words matter. Right? Oh, my God, words yeah. matter. Can I ask you and Nicole a question? Well, I think you can. All right. I think I'd, you have that permission. I'd be curious to uh, <laughs> hear you guys' answer on this. So, um, you know, as Nicole said, words matter. Uh, and you're saying, you know, to communicate clearly with people so it's you know i guess that comes down all to our our delivery do you guys in your line of work feel that your delivery is different like you do so much stuff online or on you know uh, you've been doing it online even before this pandemic started right a lot of stuff do you feel you guys have a different delivery based on if you're in person or you're online or is your delivery just based on the person themselves and not so much if you're uh, face-to-face with them or through a screen? It matters more than ever. And I, I feel we have 
done this for many, many years, but it matters more than ever to find the common ground with each person that you're talking with. Whether it's someone on my team who I know goes to a certain gym and connecting with her about that gym or someone else on the team I know, you know, is dealing with a sick parent. Um, it matters more than ever to check in on our people in a way where we can connect with them on something that matters um, to one another, if, if that makes sense. And I think that's when I say that words matter, the connection uh, with one another matters, whether you're in person or whether you're through a screen. Yeah, totally. Relationships, right? Endurance. The fact or power of enduring or bearing pain, hardships, the ability or strength to continue or last, especially despite fatigue, stress, or other adverse conditions. Resilience, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. Our next guest from Vancouver, Nicole Van Zanten has experienced both and perhaps has come face to face in some vulnerable situations against defeat. Nicole, we welcome you to a conversation about endurance and business and how it's the same. Her first long-distance road race was in Whistler Grand Fondo, a 122-kilometer climb. First one from BC to Whistler. Um, never learned how to shift the gears. I want to talk about that. So, Nicole, so your first long-distance road race was Whistler Grand Fondo, 122 climb, 122 kilometer for American listeners, miles, 122-kilometer climb from Vancouver, BC to Whistler, BC. Talk about that experience, about not knowing how to shift gears. Well, maybe we can back up and, and touch on endurance as a mental sport. Let's talk about that. Right? And I have always bit off more than I can do from a mental perspective. So mentally, I have always felt like I can do the world. I quickly realized you have to train for it. Um, but for the 122K climb up to Whistler. Uh, it was actually my second time on a road bike and I did not know how to shift from my big gear to my small gear. So you have two rings. So I stayed in, in the big ring uh, the whole way up and it was hell. <laughs> but, I, but I made it up there. Uh, and the next day I learned how to shift gear. Yeah. If that, <laughs> if that doesn't force you to learn how to do something. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Oh, man. So let, let, let's let's back it right up. Maybe, maybe I got too far into this conversation. Nicole, on, on the face of it, let's get right into it. Endurance and business, they are the same, aren't they? Like, they really are the same. Talk about how mm -hmm. you look at both of them the same, be it a 12-hour race or a 12-month yeah. year, right? Is it not one and the same, the pits, the valleys, the mental toughness, the grind and all of that? Absolutely. I mean, with business, you inevitably face adversity in some way, shape, or form. Um, during an Ironman, you face many different types of adversities, and you have to overcome them if you want to get to the finish line. So the two are 
very much intertwined. Um, again, I come back from the mental perspective. It all comes back to being strong up here can wipe away some of the fatigue. I'm pointing at my head. <laughs> strong up here can wipe away some of the fatigue that you're feeling uh, around your body. How have you gotten strong up there? Like what, what, what makes you strong up there? Is it doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over? Over. It's going up to Whistler in the big ring and then deciding the next day I was going to learn how to shift here. How do, you, how do you do it when you don't want to do it, Nicole? I think that uh, you have to come back to why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and the passion. So I think that in endurance racing, we all have our passion and your passion can't be to cross the finish line because then you're going into a major, what they call an Ironman depression the next day when you've just raced for that finish line and the finish line isn't there. You have to have a reason and you have to have a passion to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Falling in love with the process, right? That's exactly it, isn't it? And, and accepting the results of the process. You know, and then being, you know, regardless of what those results are. Mm-hmm. Nicole, I, 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 teased, I teased defeat when I interested, you know, when I, when I opened this up. Let's get into defeat. Let's get into low moments of, of, of endurance racing and let's get into low moments of, 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 of business and defeat. How, mm-hmm. how are they the same? Well, um, so I've shared, I've shared a piece before. So I've what they call towed the line. I've started four Ironmans and I finished three. The one that I did not finish, I got into a bike crash. My bike was done. I, I, could, I could not go anymore. Um, I was injured and I had to accept it. And I, I think it's, you know, it's comparable, let's say, to losing a pitch. You know, especially in my role, yeah. you prepare for hours and hours and hours in pitch rehearsals, refining the deck and you're not going to win everything. And you're going to have to find a way to look back, understand what happened and keep on going because you do not, I did not want to stay on the sea to sky highway with my bike beside me for the rest of the day. I had to keep going. Yeah. It's uh, accepting that, right? Is, is it's not easy it's not no. easy and it's and it's and it's uh it's like accepting the acceptance is almost the step isn't it it's realizing okay i need to learn how to accept what this reality is going to be right and then, and then get and then get through that aj your question yeah i was just curious as to do you feel that you have like have you always um, had this mental toughness that you can remember through life? Or do you feel like in, in having this kind of mental toughness and this certain type of mindset, do you think that's what drew you to the sport? Or do you think um, like over the course of the sport has your, uh, your mental toughness and that like, do you feel like it's evolved over time the longer you've been in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, another good question. How deep do you want to get? Let's go. <laughs> we, we can, we can get deep. So my passion and my reason is for my brother. So when I was seven years old, I had a brother who died of cancer and he was nine months old when he died. And from that time on, I realized he was never going to do what I could do with my body, with my mind, with my life. 
And so I've always had the mental passion and toughness to put myself in really uncomfortable situations. I still don't know why I decided to sign up for my first Ironman. To be honest, I think it was a whim. Um, but I've always had him in the back of my mind. He can't do this, so I will. Now, Ironman and long-distance racing has certainly toughened me up because how can it not? Um, but all that is to say, AJ, yes, I've always, I've always had this since the age of seven, I would say. Um, and that's, that's my why. Interesting. The catalyst, AJ. You talked about the catalyst in the last show, right? The catalyst for Nicole. Yeah. The catalyst. It's uh, it's powerful. And, you know, Nicole, you know, that explains for me. And, and thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. It's um really appreciate that. You know, what, what, what I find interesting is that that answers to me how you're able to spend those 12 hours, 15 hours in your own head on the course because you're not in your own head. You're with your brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I right? feel them every long and, distance and, 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 yeah. there, and there's your why along the way. And if that is yeah. not a powerful, inspiring way to get through, so then let me ask you this. Let's go here, Nicole. You're riding with your brother. Yeah. yeah. And you crash. How did you handle that? How did that feel? I turned into a child again and I called my mom. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how we yeah. do that, don't we, right? Reach out to that comfort. Yeah. I, I, you know, that that's a moment that I'm... I, yeah. You have to find comfort somewhere. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't with uh, fitness that day. No. It was with family that day. But, yeah. but, but Nicole, like, like AJ, I, I, you know, Nicole, so you crashed the bike and mom's not right there. So again, the mental toughness, how, how quick are you reuniting with your family before like, you know, you're by yourself. How alone were you? Oh, it was, I mean, at that point it was, um, I, I don't think it, it, embarrassment's not the right word because it was something that impacted me that was out of, out of my control. Um, but it, it was, it was the most intense defeat I've ever felt when it comes to um, endurance ever. And it was a feeling that I, I, I was sitting there and I was saying to myself, I do not want to feel this again. This is a really crappy way to be. And I don't want to be here again. How long did it take you to get back up on the bike? Oh, it took all day. Yeah. Yeah. It took, it took all day and the next day and, you know, it, it takes time. It's not something that happens overnight, that's for sure. AJ, we talked with Craig last show about recovery. Yeah. Nicole's talking about a whole new level of recovery in that situation. Totally. Not only recovering physically, but again, you know, maybe recovering from your own mental disappointment um, as well, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Disappointment in yourself and feeling bad for others because they took time to come up and watch you. And yeah, it's the whole, it's the whole pressure for sure. Yeah. So AJ, you asked her, she started at seven and that has been your motivation. And, uh, but yet it took you till, uh, it took you till it was, it was a while before you did your first, your first marathon, right? Your first triathlon, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Yeah. What, t- take me through that decision. What was the, what was the impetus? What was the catalyst, AJ? What was the catalyst to say, I'm going to do this? 
Um, I've, I mean, I've always had um, an interest in people who can keep going all day long. And I grew up swimming, so I knew I more or less had that down. I hated running growing up, so it was kind of this challenge to see if I, <laughs> if I could last 21 kilometers. Um, and then I thought, okay, I'm, I'm relatively decent at these two sports. We, let's try a Grand Fondo in the big ring all the way up to Whistler. And hey, I did all three. I guess I can piece them together. <laughs> so I think that the running, the running piece was a challenge for me. It was something that I, like I said, I hated growing up. Um, and, uh, and, and that was a whole other kind of mental roadblock to get through. Yeah. 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 AJ? I don't know. Like, I felt like I could just really feel, 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 uh, your story. Like it was, and and I think that would be our goal here is is to, is to, is to really, you know, bring on some really wonderful people to, to share and and, and support each other and and help inspire. Right. We all have our catalyst, right. And, and Nicole found her, her catalyst and her brother. And yeah, it was really, really honest for, for her to share with us. AJ. So I got to, um, ask you then when you were saying, you know, you'd done all three individually. So when you approach a race now, do you still break them down into Id- individual components? Like, are you still like, um, you know, looking at it like, okay, the swim is this long and I'm breaking it down to, uh, however many meters or whatever. And then I know I got to mm-hmm. run. So, you know, I got to run a marathon are you running 26 miles? Or are you running like one mile 26 times? Yeah. Um, like, like what's your kind of approach for that? And is it like a yeah. global approach where you're seeing all three events at the one time? Or when you're in that one discipline, is that one discipline in that one moment, just 100% your focus at that time? Are you saving something for the later event or, you know, how does, can you walk mm-hmm. us through that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, in Ironman, there's a saying that the race doesn't start until the run. So the swim and the bike, the almost 4K swim, the 180-kilometer bike, that's a warm-up for the run. <laughs> um, and they, they, they approach it, they say it that way for a number of reasons. First, swimming and biking does not have a significant impact on your body. <clears throat> Running can wreak havoc on your body if you're not trained for it. So you can get through the swim and the bike and still feel fine, relatively speaking, up until the marathon. The second reason why is nutrition on the marathon. So if you're in a bike and you're in what they call aero position, you're hunched over. Your stomach is basically folded for the entire whatever it is, six to eight hour ride. By the time you go upright, your body, again, is wrecking havoc on itself. Um, So nutrition is super important. I personally, in my Ironman, I've dealt with nausea through the run uh, in the later half of the run. Yeah, Miserable, super miserable. Um, so I, I break it up with the swim and the bike. You get through that. You get through it safely um, because, as I've shared with the bike, many things can happen. Get to the run, and then it's just kilometer after kilometer. You just keep looking down on your watch. Nicole, so using the same metaphors, do you do you take those same metaphors into business? Do you block your time? Do you block your do you, you know without getting to you know too many specifics? But do you look at business the same way, right? So on a macro level, on a micro level, and you know, can, can you for our listeners, business athlete listeners, 
how do you how do you relate the two when you look at business when you look at how you train for sport how, how are they the same yeah well i mean you have to schedule warm-ups in your day right so you can't have a day of marathons because you are going to completely either injure yourself mentally fatigue yeah. yourself um or you're just going to burn out so personally i'm very cognizant of how i plan my day so i won't let's say have four pitches in one day or four really difficult client conversations in one day, um, you have to do that to the best of your ability, right? And sometimes clients does dictate uh, yeah. how it happens, when it happens. Um, but I think we do just have to be really mindful of Keith, you shared bringing the resistance to zero. Yes. Right? You have to do that sometimes. And in your last podcast talking about recovery, you can't be going, you can't, like I said, you can't run a marathon all day, every day. For the actual training, like as you get closer to a race day, do you do more like uh, rides on your road bike than you would on your Peloton? So I've trained, um, I've trained for the Ironman in a couple of different ways. So my first two, I trained almost exclusively on my road bike. Okay. And then the third one I trained uh, with a bit of a mix. So I did all my long rides, yep. eight, like 80 kilometers and over on the road bike. Gotcha. And then everything else indoors, just again for safety. And when you did them indoors, was it on the Peloton? Or are you one of those people that brings your road bike inside and then hooks it up on one of those? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember uh, the term yeah. for them. Trainer. Oh, on your trainer. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah. when you're, so when you're preparing like that, it's always on your road bike. So you're used to that bike, but it's just whether you're on the trainer or outside. Yeah. So, uh, I'm signed up for an Ironman next summer. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do almost all of my training on the Peloton. Okay. So this is going to be a total test to see oh, wow. uh, how that works. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Hey, Nicole, the bike, what is the, talk about the similarities of being on a stationary bike, like the Peloton, and being on a outdoor cycling bike. Like, are they, they're not the same. How, how, do, you, how, are you, how, are you, how do you benefit from training inside to help you train outside? Um, I'm going to hazard a guess and say that I'm stronger, thanks the peloton stationary bike um because of resistance training versus going out all day long on a rolling route uh it's i mean it's a whole different experience but in terms of strength stationary with programmed workouts uh, makes a great deal of sense that makes sense doesn't it? because you can easily choose to do a lot of road r- racing where you're going to be flat but you you can yeah. make those choices on the peloton to increase the resistance and do hills and i see how you could absolutely be stronger yeah yeah, yeah. Um, all right. In your, uh, so I know you said when you first started them, that running was your least favorite of the disciplines of a triathlon. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite discipline? Do you have one in the race or does it switch from race to race or? Uh, well, it depends on how I'm feeling on any given day, but I've always loved cycling. So, okay. I love it. I love to be out there for long hours. Just again, like in your own, in your own mind, um, on a road bike. Right. Okay. Awesome. Um, what do you like the worst? Swimming? I got, swimming's got to be the worst. I'm yeah. going to answer before you. Like, getting out of the water, you're wet, you're cold. <laughs> then you got to get on the bike. Yeah. The worst part of environment of triathlon is the transition from the swim to the bike because you have to wear your tri suit underneath the wetsuit. So it's just wet. <laughs> Gotcha. For the first, oh yeah, like twenty k, right. you're just you're soaked. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, you're going to need that quick transition, right? So you're just wearing one suit under the other. Yeah, not fun. Oh. Um, so my next question had to do with the swim. So opening up with the swim. Is that where they go to the bathroom? Is that what you're going to wonder? <laughs> no, I, <would've, laughs> I, I was wondering. So... I'm uh, I have a bit of a fear of the ocean. Oh, he, yes, he does <laughs> right? have a fear of the ocean. But I also find just swimming in open water to be extremely challenging. And whenever I've watched yeah. the beginning of a triathlon, and everyone just runs out in the water, and it looks like they're all swimming on top of one another, oh, yeah. and almost yeah. like people are getting kicked and pushed yeah. under. Like I, my yeah. thought of like the opening part of the swim is like absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and then combined with cold water. So oh, a lot of people, if they, if they drop out, they'll yeah. drop out in the first five minutes because they can't deal with their heart rate being so high. Yeah. Excitement, um, panic because people are kicking you. Right. And the cold water. So when, yeah. you, so when you get in there, are you like full sprint to the beat? Or are you like, nah, like I need a little bit of space from these people. Like, I don't care if I get in the water just behind them as long as I'm not getting kicked or pushed under the water. Or are you just like right in the mix? Yeah. Um, I start right in the middle Yeah. and I try to get to an edge, but I'm doing breathing exercises before I enter the water. Gotcha. Just so my heart rate doesn't skyrocket all over the place. Right. Hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah. I feel like that'd be just be, I don't know. Have you ever watched it on TV? Oh, like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just chaotic. There's <laughs> yeah. Nothing. So for for a type so for type A people who are like us who are business athletes and yeah. those who are doing triathlons, the madness of the yeah. chaos, you know, the, the, that 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 whole chaotic experience, Nicole, wrapping your head around that whole idea is. There's a lot of ego going in that water. Oh my God! No structure <laughs> there's a lot there. Of ego. Oh, I never thought so, about it that yeah. way. The ego going in that water at one time. Oh yeah, and yeah. I mean, I've oh I've had many situations where you pass somebody and you can tell they're just mad that you passed them. Oh, but yeah. you're five minutes into a twelve plus hour <laughs> hour race, so right. yeah. There's no teammates there. Like everybody's really all for themselves, right? There's community, but it's not in the water. Not in not the water. <laughs> Nope. Now they're going to drown. See ya. Bye. I'm yeah. I'm sprinting into the ocean with a life jacket on if I'm oh, in that man. race, right? Yeah. Like, oh. I just feel like your confidence as a swimmer has to be ultra high if you're going in under those conditions plus in open water. How can it not be? You know? Yeah. Like, that's kind of a scary situation in my mind. I can't, I, yeah. Yeah. No. Beyond me. Not for me. Um, okay. Sorry. Last question. Uh, do you have any uh, superstitions, like race day superstitions, things you have to do, or like when you get out of the water, ah, when you're transitioning, yeah. do you have to like put on your next gear a certain way? Or mm, I am uh, not a superstitious person at all. Oh, okay. That's a really good question, though. Yeah, mm. I, I don't, I have my routines, but I don't have, oh, that actually, that's not true. <laughs> at the At the pool, I have to have the same locker every time, otherwise I'm not going to have a good swim. Oh. <laughs> Okay. You know what, yeah. Though? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but not on race day. Right. Is it routine or is it superstition? Yeah. Because I'd argue that if you're doing it the same way all the time, it becomes a routine. Creating a routine to have built. Right. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's not a superstition, right? right? So Nicole says she has to have the same locker. Well, that's part. I would argue that's part of her routine. Right. Right. Superstition would suggest that it happens by accident. Yeah. 
or superstition might ha- might suggest that you did it a certain way and it happened because of that. Yeah, I I would say to you that if I practice routine and structure, I can avoid superstition because then when I succeed, it was it meant it was meant to succeed. Right. What allowed you to put your ego aside to hire a coach? Again, what was your catalyst? I, th- I think I think, and I don't mean the ego in a negative way, because I think we all have ego to, to 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 be to be successful and confident and to succeed both in athletics or business. And you 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 made a couple of conscious decisions in your athletic career to say, you know, I I'm I'm going to hire a coach. And you said because I'm not going to do it myself. Yeah, I needed. Um I needed two things. I needed a mentor and I needed somebody to keep me accountable. Ah. And I didn't know anybody. I I had not yet been introduced to a community of people who had done Ironman. So I didn't have anybody that I could lean on when I'm worried about nutrition on the run. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm, you know, taking the approach of a swim, let's say. So truth be told, I needed someone to tell me what to do so I could learn how to do it. What does resilience mean to you? And then not just cliche. What does resilience mean to you? Continuing when it's hard. Yeah. And when stopping is the easiest thing to do. Yeah. But how do you feel about yourself after you've stopped? And I come back to the experience that I had, again, on the seat of sky beside my bike. Yes. I, I don't want to go there. No. I don't want to go there again. What I what I what I still go for, I'm fascinated about with endurance sports is um, I've climbed a few mountains. I've done my old kind of endurance adventure kind of training, um, but but to but to to uh, do the the volume of of athleticism in one time, like a three point eight kilometer swim, a uh, hundred eighty kilometer ride. Which remember those two are just a warm up apparently. Yeah, and, and, and then and then a forty-two kilometer run after that. Yeah. So I, yeah. So what have you done in twelve hours? Well, I've taken the kids to school. I've had breakfast. I've gone and worked out. I've watched a few shows. I've read a book. I've driven a couple hundred kilometers. <laughs> I've slept. I've yeah. There's Nicole working out. Yeah. Going up and down the race. That was one of my first encounters with Nicole. I was like, "You're doing what? That long?" So. I was wondering, so at um, work, like you lead a team. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, are there aspects to uh, your sport that you draw from that you feel makes you a better leader in the business world? Oh, good one. Oh, yeah. I mean, going through failure as a team. Yeah. Expand, upon, sure. that. expand upon that. So, so expand upon that, Nicole, in a way where – you have had to not. You've had to deal with failure yourself as Nicole Van Zanten, but now deal with it failing with Nicole, and then having your team fail. So managing yeah. yours well, and then managing their failure. We, I don't want to say we don't learn anything from successes. We do learn some, right? Yes. You know what to keep doing. Yes, but you learn so much in failure. Yeah. Right. You, you dissect, you understand, you have to go through it as a team, you have to feel those emotions as a team. And I think it's the same way as sailing on the race course is you spend so much more time reflecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there could be, you know, failures or disappointments among a number of teams um, in our business. And we have, to, we have to go through it together. Otherwise, we're not going to get a chance to succeed again. Mm-hmm. So I, I think those, 
those two were a pretty good parallel. And when we can identify that failure is an event, right? It's not a person. You're right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can get yeah. past that. Right. 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 So it's an event, right? Yeah. It's something that I'm, I'm either enough and it's, it's going to happen. It's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to happen. Right. Yes. It's in, inevitable. It, it will happen at some point. Right. right. So accepting how I'm going to deal with that right. event. Mm-hmm. Right. So success or failure, they're both events. Right. Yet yeah. we also focus on defining ourselves by success or failure. Nicole Van Sanson, thanks for uh, coming to the table and talking about endurance and business and all that. And thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with Nicole. AJ. Awesome. Yeah. I learned a lot about, oh man, 12 hour training and so forth. Here's where we take the show to this part where, you know, there's that guy walking up the side of the mountain. Yeah, it's my steps right there. Going up Kilimanjaro. The next step segment of the Business Athlete Podcast episode and what people are doing and and what we're going to ask them to do is to contribute to what their next steps are a few ways. Either through our Instagram page and Instagram, The Real Business Athlete, uh, or on our uh, our podcast main page of anchor.fm slash business athletes you can find us there just go to anchor find us on business athletes there is a way you can message us you click the message button it's going to open up a little record and there you can click that red button aj it's a red button wasn't it it was yeah. yes it was a red button you click the red button and on your phone it starts to record your voice magically which we then can magically insert it into this show where we then can have a back and forth conversation with people who are telling us what their next steps are. So what are you going to achieve? What have you achieved since last week? I wrote down and, and listen, write down. We're going to, we, we want you guys to share your next steps on Instagram and on the business athlete page. And, and we want to, our goal is to build community here, right? Put your hashtags, business athletes, the real business athlete. One of them will win along the way here. But we want to know what your goals are, what your next steps are, what you are going to commit to from, from episode to episode of, of the Business Athlete Podcast. I haven't had any peanut butter in a day. A couple of days, actually. I did have PB2, though. You know PB2? You, you, you can't take all the fight. Nicole, do you know PB2? Mm-mm. Oh, you don't know PB2. So PB2, <laughs> they take all the fat out of the peanut butter. And then I just put water back oh, into no. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm telling you, man. You put the water back into it and makes it like a little, a little cookie dough. With It's really good, actually. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's the way to manipulate the macros. The macros. We're going to talk macros on, on an upcoming show about the business athlete. Macros and food and all that, right? But um, yes. No, that's all right. Keep going. <laughs> uh, but but so so I I'm off the peanut butter for a while. And listen, we talk about lifestyle and you know making choices and is it a sacrifice? Or is it how it's going to be? Well, I just got I got I got I got to manage the peanut butter. The other thing that I said that I was going to do was my FTP test. All right. So we're going to do something here with this show. We're going to do some magic. Yeah. Because when we've so. I've told AJ and Nicole that when we record these things, our goal is to make them evergreen. So we all don't really get too caught up on the date of these things. Right. I haven't done my FTP test yet because we just recorded the last show just a couple of days ago and I need to mentally prepare for my FTP test. Actually, I needed to, I needed to mentally prepare for getting over my ass being kicked by Nicole in the last race. No. So, so I, 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 I truthfully wanted to be prepared for my FTP test. I'm doing it very, very soon. 
Yeah. So when you're listening to this episode, I'm going to insert very now, it's very soon here. I'm gonna I'm gonna record me after we do my, my, my FTP test. So I just did my FTP test. I told you guys that I would insert my recording into this episode here. I killed it. Did my warm up with Matt Wilfers. Fifteen minute warm up. Thanks, Matt. And then I did my 20 minute ride with Dennis Morton. Started off in zone four at resistance 50. Finished it off at resistance 63.64. Average FTP of, oh man, 241 functional threshold power. So I did it. Next steps, I've reset the numbers. Now we go. Baby. Have you done one of those before on the Peloton, Nicole? Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So you you guys can compare scores. <laughs> so the thing, the thing, the thing is, the thing is with the FTP test is really about your. It's 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 what they say. It's 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 personal training at scale. So it's right. it'll be my numbers for my results and right. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, my, my my point is with this next accent, the next step segment is the the FTP test will be done. So by the time we get back into the studio here again, talking again, uh, we will have some footage of me having achieved it. So I'm keeping my continuation of my next steps. Right. Yeah. You, Mr. Zaglin, what are you, what are you committing to? Um, so following up from the last one. Yeah. Uh, did, you write I, your, did you write your list? Huh? I did write my list. Yeah. I did write my list and it did kind of help me get motivated on a few things that even though... Um, I had identified them previously as being important uh, steps to what I was trying to accomplish. I realized that there was, you know, a few steps right in front of me for those things that for some reason had been sitting there waiting for days or weeks. Mm. And uh, I was like, Hey, I just got to put in the energy and just do these and get these done. Cause these are the ones that are actually going to have a direct effect on the outcome of what I'm trying to accomplish. So uh, so I was able to do that. You picked an item and off you went. All right. Well, let's, uh, so next steps. We got some, we got some clear next steps from Mr. Zaglin. Yeah. I got my FTP test coming up. Yeah. I have, um, my peanut butter setting aside. Um, and I'll tell you something else. I'm also uh, continuing to figure out how to figure out all this. My life's become a little more expanded here recently with adding this to, uh, the plate. I'm dealing with a few other things, which I'm, you know, um, in a, in, a, in a fun way, right? Like just kind of like what I mean, things like this, right? We got, we got all these listeners and this, this really cool thing going on and, and, um, producing it and putting that all together. So my goal here over the next week is to continue figuring out this, which I'm having some fun with music playlist for sure. But, uh, that's, that's continue the next step for me, not procrastinating and just going to continue building this so we can continue entertaining the listeners. Nicole, next steps for you, kid. What do you, uh, where are you coming at for the next week or so? What are you going to commit to as a business athlete? Oh, well, mine is purely business focused. So we have the, uh, this week we have a big pit. So my next step, my goal is to feel confident uh, the night before. So that day will be uh, not a breeze, but uh, we'll, we'll be ready for it. So business focused next step. Awesome. Wow, great guest there, Nicole Van Zanten, joining us live from Vancouver, Canada. Thank you, Nicole Van Zanten, for sharing your story today. Thank you. And uh, thank you for sharing your journey with us. 
up and down through your racing. And thank you for bringing business and endurance together. Right? I think it uh, was really helpful for me to keep tying that together. We talk often, Nicole, on a daily, we talk every day, frankly. So nice to, for us to share you know, some of your experiences and stories with our listeners. Um, but uh, yeah, you want to be a guest on the Business Athletes? We welcome you. Leave a message for us, a voice message. Anchor.fm slash Business Athletes. Come join our show. And you know, actually, come join our show. Let's put this on the table as well. If you want to be, if you want to be on our show, if you're a business athlete, come join our show. What's your story? Send me a note, Keith at businessathletes.com. We want to talk to you. We all have our story. We all have our story. AJ, another great one. Episode three in the books. That was great. It's good. It was good. And I thought she uh, had a great conversation. It's a great conversation. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation with Nicole here today and uh, myself and AJ. And, uh, and some of the tunes that we uh, brought to the show today. I liked this one. This is one of my favorites, yeah. yeah. I knew you liked that one when I, when I introduced it at the beginning here. Yeah. Maybe we get to play us out of the show today. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a good idea just to play us out of the show and honk it out. So I found this band. They are called... Raz Hassan. Okay. Yeah. This is them? This is them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I found them on the site for music. Not free. I'm not free. I'm paying for the music. But. Right. Yeah. But free to use. Copyright free. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Not, yeah. Zavi. Zavi Rasan. Zavi Rasan. Gas Money. Huh. Coming to you on the Business Athletes Podcast. This is the Business Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Billis. For AJ Zeglin and Nicole Van Zanten, thanks for listening. In the gym.